Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. For those of you who are just joining us, welcome. You can listen to our entire show on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio. We post this show on Monday, so if you want to hear the entire show, you can go back and listen to that. We are having uh, a day of love. We're talking about romance, and we have a panel of wives. In the past two segments, we've been talking about things that the husbands do to make them, the wives, feel attracted to, loved by their husbands. Drawn to them. Oh, man, we want to draw our wives. (laughs) Uh, But now we're going to be be real. We're going to be real. We're going to talk about the things that maybe pushes them away we pushes our wives away but i think about as we go into this segment our last week again i keep bringing this up but the story last week of eric schonsberg and his uh, uh, mom and dad is his dad for 25 years they were separated and then he still pursued her after 25 years of separation and divorce he pursued her and they remarried and so kurt talk about how pursuing our wife is a process is not just an event well, it, it, you know what what Eric said last week was that he was his dad was his hero in marriage and I'm like going dude how can how can that be and he said because my dad learned that being a good guy was not just was not enough taking the tr- taking out the trash not you know sleeping around and you know helping a little bit around the house was is not enough mm-hmm. And so uh, th- this segment, we want to talk about, ladies, about wh- what is it that pushes your, your hubby away? And, um, or pushes you away from your yeah, husband. Yeah, where you distance yourself from him. There's things that he's doing or, and or not doing. Because we guys, we, we, don't, we don't always get it. We are, can be a little slow. And um, I'm in the studio. You can answer honestly. Right? You can still say what I do. Because there's plenty of good list of things that I do, I'm sure. So, so uh, Carol, let's start out with you. Okay, Carol, what, what is it that kind of maybe distances you from Bob? Well, when we're running about 150 miles an hour, mm. I think women are desperate for connection. Yes. And sometimes we're just not focused on one another. We're both running. And all I need is a text. I mean, we talk about the money that people are spending on Valentine's Day, and that's just one day, and that's nice, and that's fun. But daily, we need some kind of connection. We need a text. Sometimes my husband will run to the store, and he'll get a little chocolate cherry, and that just makes me feel like he remembers what I like, and that's important to me. But what's really important is on a day that I'm having a really tough time, really stressful, the traffic's been bad, a bunch of things went wrong. In our past, Bob would look at that as I was attacking him. And he, because he wants to fix it. And it wasn't an attack. It was just me trying to vent. And when Bob would, when Bob would look at that as an attack and he would come back at me, like trying to fix it a little angry, that would just put me off. What, what, what's your problem? I'm trying to be helpful. And- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the good thing is Bob's learned to see that now as I'm not attacking him. It's just venting. Mm. And so I read this morning where, Um, What women need, the three things, and there were many more, but compassion, conversation, and connection. Mm. And so compassion fits in with what I was just saying. Because now when I'm having this bad day, and Bob might not even be able to relate to it at all, he could just come up to me with compassion, put his arms around me, and say, honey, it's okay. Even though he really doesn't understand, and maybe he's thinking something different. (laughs) Like yesterday when I called him, and he was on a ladder, like, 15 feet up in the air and I'm like 
I just took a wrong turn and now I'm going to be late for the Y. <laughs> and what he really wanted to say is, you're calling me on the ladder to tell me this? And instead he said, it's okay. Why don't you go to the Y anyway? It'll be good. You'll enjoy it. So that's the compassion that when I get that from him, that changes everything. Wow. And so, and when that doesn't happen, that kind of repels you, distances you. So, it hurt, it yeah, hurts. Yeah. It feels like he really doesn't care. Yes. But that's not what he's trying to do. But that's how it feels. Yes. And that does hurt. Okay. So it's, it's it, for us guys, it's being cognitive and understanding of where our wives are in that. Mars, talk, talk a little bit about what distances you, you mentioned a little bit in the last segment, but uh, describe that a little bit more. When Scott, you feel... You need to distance yourself a little bit from him. Well, I think that um, we change. Um, God changes us through seasons. And so um, when I met Scott, we were both very, very much alike. Sanguine, easy going, laid back. And um, over the years, Scott has been in a position with his job that has been, it's very, very stressful. And it's long hours. He's exhausted. And um, we're aging. We're not getting any younger, so it's even harder. But he loves his job, and we have been so blessed by his job. Um, but it's hard. And so I think that that has, um, that has an effect on him. And so we get, a lot of times, we get you know, the, the leftovers, if you will. By the time he gets home, he's exhausted, and he wants to just get on the couch and watch football or basketball, and, and that's it. And so to me, you know, I've been, I'm, homes, I'm a homeschool mom. I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I work my tail off, but I'm ready to see him, to engage, to have discussion with family, to have rich um, rich time together. And, and, and it's just, it doesn't happen a lot. And so I yearn for that. And that's hard for him to give very hard for him to give because he's exhausted. And so, um, I think that's been a, a balancing act for us that we, mm. that we're learning how to, to, to maneuver through. And then the other thing um, I would have to say is just, um, making a big deal about the dumbest, silliest things that, that really have, there's no reason to fight about it. It's just a waste of our breath. And that drives me nuts. I'm not a fighter. He is kind of a, he likes to have a good old, you know, he wants to <laughs> hammer it out and he wants to win the battle. And that's, you know, that's not a bad thing. He loves us and he wants to teach us, but sometimes it's exhausting. Okay, can, you, can you give us an example? Like, um, something that typically specific- it's a battle with one of the kids. Okay. Um, and he would look at me, he, if he were here right now, he would say, Marcy, you are so, that is important. Like that is something we have to address. <laughs> but to me, it's typically it's, it's just not that big. Of a exactly. Deal. I look at him and go, Scott, our kids are awesome. Are they awesome? Yeah, that this is you know this is like maybe something we need, we absolutely need to address, but let's not hammer it into the you know ground. You're making a mountain out of a molehill, right. and we need to stop that. Okay, and so that that pushes you away a little bit. Yes, I hibernate. <laughs> you hibernate. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I draw away. I get quiet, and um, just not good. You okay? And then can can Scott tell that then? I mean, he, oh yes, yes. Oh, he, he then he knows. knows. Oh, she's. He probably yes. does. He interpret that as like you're pouting. Then no, no. He just usually he gets upset that he, you know, usually he he says I'm sorry, and mm. he's he's very apologetic, and and typically it's probably me that you know needed to say I'm sorry first. You know how that goes, but <laughs> no, he's good about it. But those are the things. Okay, that's good. Um, Jenna, what is it that Chad does that? distances you you pull back a little bit I tell him the biggest thing is when he's there but he's not really there when he comes home guys and we, we do that <laughs> oh, sorry we're out of time yeah. in segment. We need to... 
Yes, he comes in the door and he's like, you know, dropping his bag. And he, and just like she said, he's had a big day. Um, but he's there physically, but he's not there. And I can tell within like probably 10 or 15 minutes. And if he's not there, then I'm like, well, then I'm not going to, I kind of distance to like, if you're not going to be engaged and like really here, then neither am I. And I know that's awful, but that you I mean, sinful woman. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that and that's what I hear. I laughed when he came home and said, "Kurt and I are talking. We're going to do romance. Do you want to be on the show?" And I'm like, "What us?" <laughs> because we, you know, just had our new baby two months ago, and I'm like, "I don't know if we're in the season for a romance." So I told him, oh, "Let me think about it," <laughs> and then I started asking my other friends that are in the same crazy season of having little kids at home and I ask them a couple questions like you know what does your husband do that's romantic and wish he, what you wish he would do that because I was just thinking we're not really great at the season right now so we need to ask other pe- people so I would be a good voice today and I came home and I told Chad I'm so sad I'm so sad because as I ask what would happen is a lot of the women would start to cry and it showed me that their their account, their relational account is so dry that they don't have that connection. And many said the same exact thing. They're there, but they're not really there. And so ch- when Chad and I have talked about it, he said, you know, I, what I've started to do, and it's kind of helped, is say like a chant in your car, guys, before you come <laughs> home. You know, like a football chant. We just came off the Super Bowl. My most important part of my day is not nine to five, but five to nine. The most important part of my day is not nine to five, but five to nine. Mm. And he says he'll say that a couple of times and kind of has to pray in his car before he comes in. And at first I was offended, but then I'm like, no, that's good. And then I asked myself, I'm exhausted when he comes home at five. And am I telling myself, all that I've done from nine to five, that's not the most important part of my day. My most important day should also be five to nine, because that's when we're doing family dinner. That's when we're connecting. That's when, if there's intimacy, it's going to probably happen close after that time. So everything that's important in your life is not happening from the time you leave the door until the time you come back. It's from the time you come back to the time you put your head on the pillow. And that's that's really hard for us guys because we we want to be, we want to provide we want to make sure that everything is and so we many times in our mind think that during the day is the most important time, but you're saying uh, no, it's when you come back into the door. Um, Marcy, right. just real quick, and then we're going to take a break. Um, just real quick, I just want to add um, just knowing and understanding that the Lord um, is first in your relationship. We all, you know, we can have the visual of the triangle, God at the top and spouses at the bottom of each um, corner. And as we draw near to God, we draw near to each other. So that's number one. And then number two um, is your relationship with your husband. That is of utmost importance of importance to God. And then thirdly, just to make sure that everybody understands all of our young families that are bringing up children, that your children are not first, that it's the Lord, your marriage, and then your children. And, and wow, that's, and sometimes we guys can put more emphasis and so can moms put more emphasis and be a more of a child centered home where the priority relationship is biblically, the priority relationship is husband and wife. 
mom and dad. We're going to take a break. We want to thank Carol Rogers Carpet One for sponsoring our show. Visit Ken Martin and them for all your flooring needs as we take a break here. We're going to come back for our final segment. We're going to have a little clip of Kristen teaching on this in, in past studies, and we're going to unpack that for our final segment. So please join us for the uh, last segment of Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. If you're just joining us, we're talking about romance today and what ladies think about really being romanced by their husbands. And Kurt wanted to bring up a great segment that Kristen Souter, his bride who passed away a couple years ago, she was at a men's retreat, a men's Bible study, and she was talking about marriage and how husbands see their wives. And so we're going to play it for about a minute and a half here, a segment of her talking about that. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. So this is Kristen Souter from 2009. Bill Anderson is a counselor who's written many books. And he said a pastor came to him one time and said, how can I get out of my church? And Neil Anderson said, well, stop first. Wait a minute. Why do you want to get out of your church? And he said, because I had a bunch of losers in my church. And Neil said, I, I wonder if they're really losers or if they just act like losers because that's how you see them. He goes on to say that he thinks the biggest determinant in how we treat people is how we perceive them. How we perceive them. Guys, when you look at your wife, what do you see? I mean, do you see the, just the surface junk? Do you see her sins and her shortcomings and her failings? Or is it possible to see the potential? Like a flower that has to be watered and cared for or it will wither and die. You have been uniquely entrusted with one, just one, of God's precious creations that he loves so very much that he sent his own son to die for her. Talk about potential. He sees the potential in that woman and he thinks enough of you that he would hand her over to you, her care and her well-being, placing that in your hands. Can you see the potential? So, ladies, uh, that's some good stuff right there. When your husband sees the potential in you, what is what goes on inside you? Uh, Carol, when, when, when Bob sees and looks at you with that kind of honor and that kind of value, what does that do? Oh my gosh, it just makes me feel fabulous. I just want to do so much for him. It becomes a win-win. We heard a saying that we love to use. It says, treat them like they are the one and they become the one. Mm, and so oh, many people want to do it backwards. They want to wait for somebody to do for them and then they'll do. But when you treat them first, uh, it's a win. You both get so much more. And we found that out in our marriage because we would both just sit back and wait for the other. And when it didn't happen, well, we were both miserable. And now we just take the bull by the horns and we just do something first. You pursue, you exactly. honor. And uh, so guys, when, when, we be, when we do that, that unleashes our wives to greater intimacy, oneness, and a, and a stronger marriage. Jenna, comment, and, and or actually, Mars, go, go next, um, and your thoughts. Um, I just, I think that the world, um, the world is uh, a hard place, and we all know that, and just, 
um, I think just being very mindful of um, winning when he wins me over. And um, in Nehemiah, I just, I love this. Nehemiah says, um, don't be afraid of them, your enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and sons and your daughters, your wife, oh, excuse me, and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And, um, you know, Scott does that. And um, I see it daily. So just, um, I would encourage men to fight um, for their families, for their wives, for their relationships. Not fight with them. Right. Fight, fight for them. For them. Mm-hmm. And to be mindful of, of the things of this world that, that try, you know, the enemy that just kills, steal, and destroy. I mean, he, he's after us. So That's good. Yeah. That's good. Jenna, um, some of your thoughts. I just go probably to Nike. Just do it. It's that simple. It's like Carol said, be the first. I love the Eckrich book that talks about the love and respect cycle that we're all in. I want to be loved. Chad wants to be respected. And we get that. He's not loving to me. I'm not going to respect him. And like Carol said, be the first. I love he says, who's the first? The one that's the most mature. And so be the one that's the most mature. Be the leader in the head. God gave you the job. Just do it. Be like Nike. And it is hard. And Marcy and I, we hadn't seen each other while we sat down and we we're like, yeah, we're here to talk about marriage. marriage. She goes, it's hard. I'm like, it's really hard. And we feel it's hard. You guys feel it's hard. It is hard. Um, but just do it. Get in there. Fight for it. Just do it. And every day ask, um, how do I see her? the potential that she could be. And when you see those little things, just say it. Thank you for cooking dinner for us tonight. Thank you for that. I went to my drawer and I had clean underwear today. They, I mean, the simplest things, just see it and say it. I think if I did that more and if Chad did that more, that starts the romance. You know, it starts in the morning. Thank you that I have coffee. He will make me coffee. It's the sweetest. That's one of, I remember when I listened to Kristen on the radio, she said, what's one of her deposits? It's like a bank account, what you're getting and what you're, what's coming out. So make deposits. You be the one to make the deposits. Don't worry about the account balance. Don't worry about what you're getting out. Your job is just do it. Make deposits. Mm, I can't tell you how many times as I'll be walking around, stalking around my house, and in my mind, she's not doing this, if she would only do that, in my mind, right? <laughs> Minutes later, she tells me exactly what I'm thinking. Do you know why? Because I'm acting in that way towards her by what I'm thinking. So to Kristen's point, if you see her as negative, 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 you may not consciously tell her that, but you will act that way towards her. And there's been so many times that she, Jenna, has looked at me and says, you're thinking this, this, and this about me. And I'm thinking, how is she in my head? Because I'm communicating that to her. We, we, we are constantly communicating whether we're speaking or not. When we are not opening our mouth, we are still communicating. And that, that's what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Jen, yeah. And Jenna, yes. Uh, Jenna, you, uh, in the break, you told us about um, a story about a couple who really have a, a lot of means. So they, could, they really could do anything. I mean, if they want to jump on a plane, they could go right now. But you asked her a question. Describe that. In my interviewing skills and asking, I ask a variety of women in a variety of seasons, and hers would be the most interesting just because of their situation is all what the world says we everybody wants. 
it, they're set up exactly. They have all the have wealth, whatever. all the. And I asked, and she said, it would be that we would have dinner. It doesn't matter at home or out. If he didn't have the computer on, the lab, any of the eyes, the iPad, the iTouch, the iPhone, no, no eyes, and just we were sitting there and have dinner together with just talking together, having dinner. It's that simple. Undivided attention where she's not wondering what is he thinking and, and, and you looking at your phone or taking a check, taking a text or emailing, just looking and taking those and putting those aside. Wow. Undivided attention. That's that's powerful stuff. Um, guys, if you're listening to this, may I encourage you when you're with your bride to uh, shut off, shut it off. There, There is no other person on the planet that is more important than your bride. Um, that is the priority relationship on the planet, and God wants you to give her that attention, that focus, that value. Uh, because, you know, Chad, we were also talking in the break about uh, at times we can really, I, I mean, what did we do to get our wives to say yes at the beginning? I mean, Marcy, what did Scott do to get you to say yes to him 22 plus years ago? Right, right. I look at him and um, we just remember, we go back to that day when we um, our, our relationship started out as friends and we had fun together. Mm. And so when I'm speaking, um, to when I'm talking to women and um, they're anxious, they're getting ready to be empty nesters. They look at me, they cry a lot of times, they don't know what they're gonna do. And so I look at them and I say, you fell in love. You got married. What was it? And so it's for, for us, for Scott and I, it's fun. We just, we refuse to not have fun. You gotta have fun. Mm-hmm. And laugh. Mm. Laughter, the Bible says, is like good medicine. It is. And you know, I, I would say too, the Bible says in, in Proverbs, he who finds a wife finds a good thing finds what is good and finds favor from the Lord. And if, if guys, if you're listening to this, I, go back to the, the wife of your youth and, and celebrate. Um, go back to how you dated her, what you did to romance her, what you did to win her heart. And if you need to do that, uh, start back over. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol, any last closing thoughts before we, um, before we pray? Well, I just want to give encouragement to everybody out there because it actually gets even better you know you said what did bob do when he pursued me he was looking at my what he thought was attractive he was looking at me and now i'm getting older i look in the mirror and i don't like what i see every day (laughs) and my husband will say to me let me be your mirror if i gain five pounds he calls it my five pound personality i'm the one who is changing but he's saying i love you i love what i see let Mm. me be your mirror and i mean that says it all. It's better now than it was. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Folks, as we close today, we, we want you just to, to have awesome marriages. And some of you are struggling. May I encourage you to get some help? Uh, pick up the phone and uh, call, call your pastor. Get, get some counseling. Find a godly couple that you can learn from. 
Um, Carol, just real quickly, you and Bob have a ministry that's launching this weekend. Yes. Talk, talk, just give us the information so people okay. could go get a phone number and a website real quick. Okay, real quick. Our ministry is Mercy Marriage Education Resource Center of Indiana. There's also one here in Kentucky with a Y. We're with the I. And our uh, website is marriageatmercy.org. We're going to have workshops, Bible studies, everything to do with marriage. We just want to encourage people because we were in trouble and somebody encouraged us and we want to pass it on. And we're going to we'll put that on our Facebook. And uh, thank you. We, we want to connect you with other resources in our listening audience. So let me, let me close in prayer. And uh, thanks for listening. Lord, we are grateful for marriage. It was your idea, your design, your plan from the very beginning. And we just pray for the health of marriages. Some listeners right now are struggling deeply. Would you encourage them? Blessed is the one who perseveres. Lord, help them to hang in there, to stay strong, get the help that's needed. And um, thank you for uh, this opportunity today. Thank you for marriage and encourage the listeners today. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.